Welcome to the latest edition of Let Me Tell You Something. As myself, Lorcan Mullen, and my co-host, Simon Cross, continue to work our way through every match that Dave Meltzer with rated five stars or higher. A five and a half star match. Simon, what are we talking about tonight? Oh, cheeky little extra half star. Uh, we're talking about Kenny Omega taking on Tomohiro Ishii. Essentially a mini round robin within the G1 Climax itself of five star matches, having previously seen both of these men tangle with and defeat Hiroki Goto. So this would be this little... Five star mini round robin finale. Tiebreaker. So, this is a man that's lauded by many as the best wrestler in the world, and also Kenny Omega. Right. <laughs> hey! Oh, you beat me to it. This is beautiful because it's like the previous Kenny Omega match we've talked about. It's a man who's quite assured and quite thinking, yeah, I'll do what I usually do, I'll, I'll be fine. Uh, and. Really not being fine by the end. Oh yeah, I mean it's not intentional, but they're both bloodied beyond uh, all compare. Really, oh, Omega's lip. I actually did. I mean, I know um, commentators' job is to hyperbole and exaggerate. Hyper, but... hyper, hyperbole. Hyperbole. Sorry. Uh, hyperbole and exaggerate, but although uh... it's also pronounced hyperbolic, no one says hyperbole. Right. No, you're wrong, but. Brilliant. It's just, the, <laughs> it's just the weird pronunciation rules that we have. Um, but um, anyway, yeah, the way they accentuate the uh, lip, sort of, because there's a bit of flesh hanging off of Omega's lip at the end, and it looks gnarly. Well, I don't know how much of that is, like, let's make sure I have my lip barely hanging off by the end of this yeah. match, and how much of that's just, oh, shit, Ishii hit me really hard. Yeah, yeah, they're not doing it, on, like, it's not something they've set up, but they're making the most out of what's there. But usually when they do it, it's like, oh, God, he's really hurt, and it's just like a trickle of blood. But no, this is like, oh. Yeah. Well, what's funny with this one is, compared to the Goto match where they wrestled Goto Ishii's match, in this one, Ishii uh, is wrestling his match, and Omega's trying to wrestle his match, and it's like that clash of styles. No, you change. No, you change. Yeah, basically. Like when you see two hot girls in a, a teenage coming-of-age movie come out in the same outfit. Why are you staring at me like that? You wouldn't get that reference. So Kenny Omega... <laughs> you just know something. ...is still his cocky self. And just as we saw him must uh, tussle with the um, hair of Goto, with this one he just does bold slapping on the head of Ishii. What I love as well is that Ishii's utter... Um, single vision is even there when Omega's making his entrance and when he's starting the match she's just looking at him and it's like you're going to move to this I'm going to shift my body to this side I'm not going to give you an inch of space to work around me Yeah, you've got to work through me <laughs> he sort of man marks him as he's like yeah. just doing his uh, little like um, gun shoot as I would say um, but yeah go Omega's like Trying to get into Ishii's head because, like we said, going into this, he's still full of beans, full of energy, full of confidence because he's literally undefeated going into this point of the G1 and it's very late into the G1 at this point. Yeah. 
I think sort of does as well, because Ishii does engage in a bit of mocking slap back, which we don't usually see from him. Usually when he slaps, he makes it count. Mm. So it, it, Omega's game plan's working. Ishii's slightly unsettled. Yeah, and he's just keeping away from him. He, you know, he slaps him on the head, then uh, Ishii goes to chop him. And again, Omega's not like, I'm going to stand here and go chop to chop with you. I will duck your chop. Yeah. And then I'll slap you on the head again. <laughs> it's like, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> What did you think of the slightly botched leapfrog early on into the match? Uh, these things happen. I, you, you've just got to really like account for it, improvise, go with the flow kind of thing. It, it didn't really take me out at the moment, probably because of where it was in the match. It was so early. But yeah, Ishii does finally get in some chops and some strikes and they're utterly brutal as you would expect. And he's not selling anything from Omega until Omega finally hits him with the DDT. And that actually does rock. Yeah. And he does a little Jake the Snake finger twirl thing there as well. He does love it. He also loves calling the DDT as he's doing it as well. Uh, I've seen him do that in a few matches. As mm. he, he runs towards you, he will shout DDT. But it gets away with You it. talk too much. Yeah. You never shut up. <laughs> he does it in a way like, um, not like spot calling. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to hit you with this. Now you can do about it. Um, so then he hits the You Can't Escape and then gets him in a camel clutch. At which point the camera cuts to the crowd and a kid stares down that cameraman. <laughs> Might be a future Ishii there. Yeah, it gets a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I just remember feeling at the time like, all right, this is about five seconds too long and this kid is actually looking into my soul. Mm. So yeah, again, it's that whole Ishii, bravado, machismo, ultimate strong style... I'm not getting hurt. Like Omega's hitting him with kicks, and Ishii eventually just starts smiling at him. Yeah. Um, what do you make of Ishii's power slam? Do you have it on a par with uh, Goldust slash Dustin Rhodes' power slam or Orton's? It's just something I've noticed in his matches. He really snaps off that move really, really well. Um, just one more reason that I'm falling in love with him, as I say. <laughs> but so there's. What do you think of the uh, botched power bomb spots? Uh... I think, I think Ishii is a very wide man, and um, maybe sometimes he relies too much on his like legs, like his power base. Maybe he just wasn't set in the moment. Mm. Um, these things happen again. It's just maybe their chemistry just isn't quite the same. It's just this is the problem with like a clash of styles. Sometimes is one guy zigs while the other guy zags slightly. It's not a major problem, but it's just people just not being quite on the same page, maybe. I imagine Ishii's ears, because of how cauliflower they are, his hearing can't be brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, so then Omega hits a snap runner and the rise of the Terminator. So that's one of the things I noticed, actually, about Ishii. He doesn't necessarily try to reverse other people's moves that much, or even escape no. most of them. He'll just steamroll through it eventually. Yeah, and obviously that's obviously from his strength standpoint and to psych his opponents out. It's like, what are you going to do? You can't hurt me. Mm. It's like the uh, famous bit in The Simpsons where uh, Bart's playing truant mm. and he cuts the rope bridge and Skinner walks through the river and walks straight back up. He's like some non-giving-up school guy. Yeah. Beautiful. Great clip. Love that show. Um, <laughs> controversial opinion. I like The Simpsons. <laughs> well, if you said it about this season, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Does anyone even watch it, though? That's what I always think. Um, so, 
what's also notable, and I remember being this being reported at the time, um, Omega's selling his wrist. Not, sorry, his wrist, his heel. Yeah. The wrist of the feet. And he was... <laughs> He's right, you know. <laughs> and I remember reading at the time that he was basically having to wrestle the whole G1 Climax on his toes. That he wasn't able to put really any weight or pressure oh, onto his... Okay. Onto his heels because of... Explains the leapfrog problem. Yeah, maybe. Because obviously you do spring off the the back of your feet. You don't really spring off your toes. Randy Savage used to wrestle from his toes, but that was more like a height thing, I think. And Randy Savage being mental. That too. That doesn't help. Um, And to be fair, Randy had also planned his matches out meticulously. He didn't really call in the ring, did he? Yeah. So, you know, you can get away with wrestling it in a certain way. When you know exactly what's going to happen at all times. I'll tell you what's one spot I bloody loved in this match. Uh, just a little bit of logic. Do you know how when someone sets them up for a surfboard, they'll punch them in the kidneys to get their arms to come up so they can get the arms? Yeah. When uh, at one point Tomohiro Ishii escapes out of um, a one-winged angel, he then headbutts Omega in the like the top of his back. Yeah. And because of that, Omega's arms go up and he catches him into a full Nelson to do a dragon <laughs> suplex. Uh, it's brilliant. It's like um, when you tickle the spot on someone's neck and they go, ah, like that, but mm. more, much, much more violent. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a brilliant way for him to get that move, though, instead? Like Omega going, you didn't have to headbutt me. <laughs> you could have achieved the same effect with just a fe- ostrich feather. That was uncalled for. <laughs> Uh, but obviously, you know, base of the neck as well. From a combat standpoint, great place to hit someone. And Ishii's head is... I mean, he, he again, he is the stone pit bull. It's probably got at least 30% stone in it. <laughs> so he's... It really is that whole thing about he's trying to brutalise Omega and hurt him in a way that... Like, Okada doesn't really try to hurt him. and um, um, yeah. Whereas, you know, like, they're trying to defeat him, whereas... She's trying to destroy him. Yeah, and obviously from a um, stablemate standpoint, obviously. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of an extra bit of needle, and I guess Ishii would love nothing more than to a beat Okada and b beat Okada for Omega. Um, ah, beat Omega for Okada. Got my O's mixed up there. Mm. So we get the corner to corner V trigger, which is not filmed in the traditional way. It doesn't look quite as uh, cool mm. as it usually does in the Okada matches. Yeah. But Christ, his head moves, doesn't it? Into that mm-hmm. buckle. And uh, then we get the bit where o- Ishii's on his knees and, Oka- and Omega's hitting him with standing knees, essentially. Yeah. And usually that knocks someone down. Ishii, on the third one, goes, ah, thank you, I needed that to wake up. Yeah, like, that'll do. I'm, I'm, I'm alert now. But Omega just keeps on going, and it's like he feels like he knows he's he's putting up a front, and he's like, I know these things hurt. <laughs> I've You're not going to trick me. I've beaten everyone else with them. It's got to do it. And so, like, the, the, the V-triggers that he hits in this whole match are just incredible. He knows Ishii can take him. And I guess he's playing into, obviously, Ishii's character. And so he goes for Snapdragon and then oh, uh, Ishii does his pop-up. Uh, but then Omega, it's like he sort well, this is exactly the sort of thing he'll do. So he immediately lariats him, which Bloody is really typical cool. This. <laughs> because Omega doesn't really, I don't recall Omega being much for the lariats, but it's very believable when he yeah. does hit it. No, he, he doesn't really, does he? So again, it's that sign of him having to work on, like Ishii brings him to his level. 
essentially. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to change my style because what I'm doing so far, it's hurting him, but it's not hurting him enough. I've got to stay on him. I've got to put that... I've got to put myself into fifth gear. I can't be in fourth and hold a little back. I've got to go balls to the wall to get through this. What's also funny as well, when they're on their knees, hands and knees at one point, uh, uh, Ishii does his junkyard dog head butts, and if he's against someone like a Goto or a Shibata or a Kenta, they'll engage with headbutts, but Omega just goes for forearms in yeah. reply. Just distance, like, get that big lump away from me. Mm. Maybe he also just doesn't trust his head. I mean, let's face it, the Shibata thing had happened at this point. You, some people might not, just might not be comfortable doing headbutts. Mm. But, yeah, it's a uh, chops Quite versus... Understandable. So it goes to Omega's key strike is his chops, which they've already said, like, how much damage they do and how big his hands are. Yeah. Um, and then we get, and it's been a few episodes since we've had one, a reverse Rana! Fair play to Ishii for being able to move. Well, that's like the thing. That. Like, even if Ishii's not necessarily going to wrestle in the same style, he will take the bumps that are required off of a person that does those sort yeah. of moves. You, as a wrestler, though, that's an essential. You've got to know how to take everything. Even if you don't know how to give everything. You've got to know, just in case, because you'll come across people of different styles and be in that situation. As I was saying, the whole thing about this is that Omega's got to go for different sort of strategy and also escalate his attack. And so we get this amazing move here where he V-triggers him into the ropes, where um, which knocks Ishii to the apron. And then Omega springboards up and double stomps. Oh, yes. Ishii off the apron up to the outside. Yeah. on Because oh, he's proper laid across the actual apron as well, isn't he? So it must have hurt. It's no, There's no way you can't cushion that. I think maybe the story of this match is that Omega is genuinely the best in the world. Mm. Um, but much like with Okada, when Okada came unstuck against Ishii, it's the one guy that can take everything you throw at him. Yeah. Like it's enough to keep down a Goto or even a Naito. Are you but saying he's like Ishii. Liquid Metal Man from Terminator 2? Maybe. Well, no, more more, more traditional T-800. He can be beaten. Yeah. Not through sneaky technicalities of Molten Lava. <laughs> I like how Molten Lava is a sneaky technicality. Have you ever tried to sneak Molten Lava into it anywhere? Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, I was put in the hot seat for that one. Mm. Nice. So he does a V-trigger, which... Um, she dodges and turns into a German, which Omega... So again, traditional G1 climax finishing sequence. Dodges, reversals, and all that sort of stuff. Hits the J-Driller, can't get the three count. Hits the V-Trigger, can't get a three count. Then he goes for the one-winged angel, and uh, this is a move that I hadn't seen for a long time. Uh, a crucifix bomb, essentially. Yeah. Proper launches him into the mat with it. Yeah. Like, with Crucifix, usually you see like the struggle. And it's yeah, like, it's a cradle. It's meant as a cradling move. But with yeah. this, it's basically as an offensive move. The first it's usually I remember... a smaller guy doing it to a bigger guy as Yeah, well. the first guy I remember doing it as a trademark move was Austin Aries. Yeah. But... I mean the actual bomb. Well, no, no, no. The, um, the use of the Crucifix, but making it such a fast motion oh, that you're essentially bumping the guy as opposed to sliding them down in yeah. like, like a backslide, you know, like how even guys like Dynamite Kid would do it and Bret Hart would do it, you know. They're not doing it for a bump. It's a pin. It's yeah. just a pin, yeah. Um, Good, though. It's really good, like, 
variation. It's one of my favourite counters I've seen out of the One Wing Angel, to be brutally honest. So what's interesting now, so oh, so now it's Ishii in charge, but Omega is trying to fight back, and, and he's trying to block and, and avoid the big stuff, whereas Ishii, like I said, just takes it and yeah. then finds an opening. So he's going for forearms, and Omega's trying to block as many as he can, so then uh, Ishii does a flapjack into a headbutt. Oh, God. And nice. a lariat. So he goes for his brain buster, but Omega's able to reverse it into his brain buster. And the sheer affrontitude, to create a word like Simon does, of that means that Ishii immediately kicks out at one. Affrontitude does sound very Don King-esque, by the mm. way. Comfortability yeah. is uh, very appropriate for that one as well. <laughs> um, so then there's, like like you say, the, the exchanges of finishers and attempts at finishers. Who's going to hit it? It's the key, and that is the key, because Ishii's able to catch Omega in the Brain Buster, and that's enough for the three count. Although, it looked to me like Omega's shoulder was off the mat. I mean, I didn't catch that, so I'll have to give that a rewatch, but you seem quite sure. But I don't think that was even necessarily intentional, as if it was just the way that Ishii was cradling him by holding the legs and everything, so he kind of hooked the leg too well. And because Omega's selling that he's out of it, he does he can't even like shift Correct his weight it. to yeah. make it. You know, cause you can't do that. You can't go. Oh shit! I better put my other shoulder down. Yeah, that would just kill the business. Well, not the business, but, but it is perfect as well. Cause like it, it seems perfectly timed. Obviously, it couldn't have been. But Omega has got blood like in his teeth and uh, from a slight brush. But when he gets up, like he sits up after taking the brainbuster and being pinned. And he's got this all woozy, concussed look on his face. I mean, it's his first loss he's taken since winning the IWGP Heavyweight title. Um, And it's like, not only is there blood in his mouth, and it's a lot more, but there's like a streak of blood across his cheek that must have gone. So it's just that sense that Omega got brutalised in order to to get the first win over him. Yeah. And to um, emphasise your point that you made earlier. We do like to emphasise. The fact that Ishii's pinned him doesn't hurt Omega. No. And... If it had been the other way round, it wouldn't have hurt Ishii. Like he is sort of bulletproof when yeah. it comes to like the like the whole win loss record because he's so again because he's such a simply motivated character. Yeah, like it doesn't get complex in terms of who he is and what wins and losses define him. He just turns up and hits people. I wasn't sure whether to give this five stars or not, but I am just about. Uh, I am. I. I am. I, I just love. What are you giving five stars to these days, Simon? <laughs> Big Dave's broken me. What can I say? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I just love Smash Mouth. I love Smash Mouth brawls. And there were Mega... smashed mouths in this. Yes, there were literal Smash Mouths. Um, there were like great meshing of style. Omega played the arsehole quite well. Um, great eighty style eye rake. He really eye raked for quite. You know, like, it's just like a quick one they usually do so the ref doesn't catch them. In New Japan, it's like, no, I'm going to just stick my fingers in your eyes for a good four <laughs> seconds. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'll take them out kind of thing. So, Simon, do people want to get in touch with you to discuss eye-gouging techniques? How can they do so? Uh, people get in t- can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Free for the number of contact lenses I wear in each eye to prevent eye-gouging. Very good. My name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for Adam's apple. N for... No teeth. No teeth, yeah. 
That's my Twitter handle. That's my Instagram account, Facebook, Letterboxd. If you want to get in touch with me via email, put it at gmail.com at the end of Lork and Mullen. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, it's lmtyspod. lmtyspod at gmail.com is our email address. And lmtyspod is our Twitter handle. And we have a Facebook page as well. Uh, what are we doing now, Simon? Having finished that little mini trilogy within itself, with Ishii coming out on top 2-0, Omega in the middle at 1-1, and Hiroki Goto, in theory, playing the next lower tier of the uh, Nations League the next season uh, uh, with 0-2. and two. Well, we've had a uh, breakneck, fast-paced smash-mouth... Literally. Literal smash-mouth series of matches. So, um... We, we, we could do with a little bit of a come down, but we're not going to get one. No. Because we're um, seeing the two storied rivals of Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi go at it in a 30 minute time limit match. A different to normal t- Okada, it's fair to say. And it's also a different venue for the, just like last year, the trilogy of the block finals and the final itself being all five star matches. That happens again with this one, although they're above five stars in a few instances again. Um, as it's A block final to this time, then the next episode will be the B block final, and then the final episode of this seven episode run will be the final of the 2018 G1 Climax. So those are all very exciting things to look forward to. It's getting proper serious. But there's nothing left to say at this point except that my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five and a half star time? Until the next time. Shooting daggers at me, letting it be known you're not impressed. I never fail at failing all your tests. Don't be so 